0: My cat can eat a whole watermelon.
1: Hello and welcome to another edition of Duck and the Usher. I am Zach Fisher. With me, as always, is my esteemed counterpart, Mr. Joshua Stancamp. Howdy ho. And Josh, I'll let you introduce our very special guest we have today. Our very special guest today is my wife, Megan.
2: Hello. Finally. Uh, Yeah.
0: Finally. (laughs) Well, we've doing this for like two
1: years.
2: Been threatening to do this for a little bit too long now.
1: Uh, and we're happy to have you on here because you are uniquely connected to the movie we're going to do today and, uh, you're actually the one that introduced me to it and I'm sure him as well. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. Is that true? Okay. Yes. Excellent. Well, uh, yeah. Welcome to Duck and the Usher. Uh, right off the top, we want to thank all of our, our sponsors and our patrons, uh, for keeping us going. And this show is produced as always by Mr. AJ Simmons. Thank you, Mr. AJ, uh, for your contributions to our, our, our fuckery. (laughs) <laughs> uh, <laughs> so uh, right off the top, let's uh, let's talk about how how's everyone been doing the last two weeks? Are we watching anything interesting? And uh, what's been on your uh,
2: Ooh, your,
1: I, your watch list lately?
2: I just finished uh, Maniac on Netflix. The
1: which, William Lustig Maniac.
2: Uh, well, it has Jonah Hill and Emma Stone. Oh, okay. That, it, all except, right. And uh, it was recommended to me by my brother, and he also uh, always kind of has really pertinent and appropriate recommendations like per individual and stuff. I don't know okay. how he watches so many Tailored. shows because he's a, a chemical engineering student at uh, UW in Seattle and stuff. So I'm like, how do you watch all this crap and also and, do all yeah. your work? But maniac was really good. And I thought it was kind of uh, one of the best acting I've seen out of Jonah Hill. He does freaking amazing. I Excellent. Yeah.
1: <clears throat> I've been a uh, Jonah Hill I haven't watched it yet, but he directed a movie called Mid-90s. That's the skating out. one, right? I think so. Yeah. It's Sort of like a slice of life kind of movie. I heard it's really good. And uh, it, it kind of reminds me of like kids or something. I don't know if it's quite as a horror story as like Harmony Corinne's stuff, but <clears throat> it looks good. So, yeah, I want to see that one. That looks good. Sure. I'm trying to remember some of the things I did watch this week. Uh, I watched the Beaver Trilogy Part 4, which I'm going to talk about here because it's a documentary about... Um, Trent Harris's original um, series of shorts that he made from, like, 79 until 84. So we'll get into that in a minute. So that was fascinating. I, I really watched a lot of that. And if, Trent, you're listening, uh, I think uh, I'm a huge fan of yours now. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm pretty sure he's
3: going to listen. Going down <laughs> the rabbit hole. Been, yeah. He's been very nice, and uh, we, we he was nice enough to let me call him and do a little interview, which we'll play at the Fantastic. end. And, and uh, he said he would share the podcast. So, really, he's Excellent. been, been been a cool dude.
2: My family has been all super excited about it all week. They're like, "When is it going really? it to be? Really? Awesome. Awesome. Oh yeah, they tonight. couldn't. They couldn't wait. They all wanted to be on it at the same time, and I was like, "I don't think so." <laughs>
1: so why don't you then, Megan? Why don't you start us off here and tell us about your history with Ruben and Ed, <laughs> which is the title of the movie we're doing today, Trent Harris's Ruben and Ed. Um, tell us how you came to it and uh, and why you love it so.
2: Man, I think I was maybe 10 or 11 or so-ish, maybe not even that. Um, Mm -hmm. Our neighbors somehow came across a copy and came across the street and they're like, you guys got to watch this movie, it's great. And we all just sat down and my family's loud and crazy and and that family was loud and crazy too. So we all just sat down and got the rollingest kick out of it because it's so quotable. Like Mm -hmm. to this day, I was watching it this morning again just to kind of refresh my memory um, I just sat and quoted the whole thing. And I was like, oh, yeah, we say that all the time. We say that all the time. When was the last <laughs> time you
1: watched it? Other uh, than today, yeah.
2: It was maybe just a couple years ago when Josh picked up the DVD the first time we watched it. And then before that, um, it was always kind of uh, so let me back up just a second. Um, Go for so it. So after we watched it the first time with that family, it just became one of those uh, like summertime family movies that we would always take on like road trips. We would go down to, I'm from Utah, if if listeners don't know that, um, where this film is uh, all recorded and such. So it was relatable in that we also used to go into like those same areas, like Hanksville was one of the filming locations. Um, We passed through there every year to get to Lake Powell, which is in southern Utah, and there's Goblin Valley, which we'd also visited, and um, which I
3: think that's the first place I watched it was when Lake yeah, at Powell, Lake Powell, right? yeah. yeah. I think no, so. no, we watched it at your sister's, and then we watched it again at Lake Powell.
2: <laughs> well, it's tradition to watch it at Lake Powell for us, so it oh, just, cool. Yeah, so it just was that. Right on. Yeah
1: i uh w- where did you find the dvd is it, it so I, I looked
3: everywhere for it because uh-huh. i was going to surprise her with it because I, w- I went on like ebay and people were asking like an outrageous amount of money for it and then i stumbled upon trent harris has his own website which uh we talk about in the interview it's called the echo cave or echo cave.net and uh i pretty much ordered the dvd from him and it was taking forever and i was like mm-hmm. oh man i want to bother the guy yeah, yeah. so I emailed him, i'm like hey man, I. I kind of need the dvd like yeah. i'm trying to give it for my wife's birthday and yeah no he shipped it out and everything so cool it, it, you can find it there well, if you my, ever want to own it like you know physical copy
2: my oldest sister alex did the same thing uh maybe about uh, eight to ten years ago or something she got one for herself and for my dad and i think for one of their of my family members for a christmas gift excellent and i saw on the website you can buy t-shirts and i am Ooh. extremely yeah. tempted i know that i
1: i have have gone down it. a bit of a rabbit hole with with mr harris and his work and i'm i'm fascinated by his um his documentaries uh these filmed like after um you know these two movies and and later on in his career and the the there the yeah I'm sorry the documentary um the beaver trilogy part 4 doesn't just like focus on just the Beaver trilogy and its origins and, and Grooving and Gary, but it goes a little bit more into like his his um you know, his life afterwards. So now I'm I'm super interested in a lot of his work and where I can get my hands on it and if merchandise is part of that, I'm definitely gonna be <laughs> buying some stuff too. Because I, I, I know that there's a story within the documentary about I th- I think it's about, if memory serves me correctly, the director of this documentary, Brad Besser, I think he was a fan of the movie as well when he was a kid. I think he grew up in Utah and somebody was like had a VHS copy of it, and we're like, you got to see this movie. And and he became fascinated with it, and I think he even attended a class that Harris was uh, teaching. Doing,
3: yeah, he does a lot of conventions and uh, goes to some film schools and stuff like that.
1: I know he, he taught at uh, the University of Utah about screenwriting and stuff. Um, but yeah, um, so it feels like this movie has... Has a, a life of its own. Has legs, it
2: does. And,
1: and it travels and reaches people. And now it's reached me through you. So I thank you, and uh, and now I'm really excited to talk more about it. Uh, but first, I got a little bit of what I gleaned from um, the Beaver Trilogy Part Four. Uh, it's about five years old. It came out in 2016. Uh, it's really great, and it, it gives you. This a, is on
3: Prime, right? You can it's watch on this. Prime. On, yeah,
1: this is uh, the Beaver Trilogy. <clears throat> Yes, not the Beaver Trilogy. Just Beaver, Trilogy. Beaver Trilogy Part Four. Part Four is everything. the name of this particular documentary. So gotcha. it's not really a Part Four in the sense that it follows any kind of narrative, you know, timeline. It's just about Mr. Harris and his work and this the the sort of what's the word in uh, <laughs> the 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 story and the mystery of, of of Grooving Gary and then how they got to the bottom of it themselves. They do interviews with. Uh, Uh, grooving Gary's um, sisters, his surviving sisters, and uh, gives you a little bit more insight from the interviews with with Harris. So, uh, yeah, I found it fascinating, and what I I found out was uh, Mr. Harris is, just to give kind of a, to any listeners beyond Mr. Harris himself or anybody who already knows about the movie, here's a little backstory on Mr. Trent Harris. Uh, Mr. Trent Harris is an independent filmmaker based in Salt Lake City, Utah, his style ranges from offbeat to experimental b movie, cinema verite, and sort of an iconoclastic style. Um, Harris's more notable works include the offbeat comedy, Ruben and Ed, which we're talking about today, Plan 10 from Outer Space, um, Luna Mesa, which I think was one of his more recent films, and Welcome to the Rubber Room. Um, he has taught film and screenwriting at the University of Utah, where he also earned uh, a BA and an MFA. Um, he's also produced documentaries and TV journalism, and more than 100 documentaries for PBS, Nat Geo, and NBC. He's also produced other kinds of art himself, uh, photography, paintings, drawings, and writings, etc. He seems to be a pretty uh, eclectic guy. Uh, early in his career, Harris worked for KUTV Channel 2 um, from um, 78 to 81. Are you familiar with that one from your, when you lived in Utah?
2: From 78 to what?
1: Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> to the, the KUTV no, Channel 2. That is that still a thing over yeah, there? Yeah. Is, yeah. Okay. I think so. uh, He contributed a lot to the program Extra with dozens of submissions and he had a lot of creative freedom within, with it. And his piece, Atomic Television, uh, would feature at the U.S. Film Festival. Um, he would later, after that, go uh, to the American Film Institute. Um, but while he was at KUTV, he was testing out some new camera equipment during uh, the time when, like, the videotape was becoming a, a, a new Product to use. He he, and he had a chance encounter out in the parking lot with a kid who was just taking pictures of the news helicopter. Uh, they started talking, and the kid launched into a series of uh, impressions like John Wayne and Sylvester Stallone. And Harris took to his charisma and uh, just kept filming him. And he walks over to uh, the kid's car, filming him all the while. And, and in his car, you see like engravings of Farrah Fawcett and Olivia Newton John on the windows. And uh, the interior was this sort of like pinkish red or like felt material. It looked like he had really gone all the way and, and done the inside of his car up to reflect his personality. Uh, the kid went back to his hometown after this encounter uh, in the hometown of of Beaver and set up a talent show. He would write uh, Trent a series of letters asking for him to come film the show. Um, Harris was apparently all about it and went to Beaver and in his uh, letters... He would tell Harris that he was going to be doing a impersonation of Olivia Newton John. Um, but it would be, he would dub himself Olivia Newton Dawn. <laughs> so he'd have a new name. Uh, he had the town's mortician do his makeup for the performance. <laughs>
0: Love it.
1: And uh, during filming, you can see uh, the Beaver Kid gets uh, a little discouraged. I guess the audience reaction wasn't quite what he, what he was expecting. So the performance kind of starts off a little rough and then he gets into it. Um, But that would be the basis for that film, The Beaver Kid. And um, let's see here. The audience uh, wasn't quite as receptive as he hoped. So KUTV wasn't sure what they had and decided not to air the footage. Uh, So Harris decided to make the movie again to, I guess, clear any confusion about what the intentions were, because I guess he was watching this and realizing there was a little bit more coming out of it, some subtext to the reality that he was filming. And I guess they were afraid that it would be not so well received. It was kind of a conservative market. And here you get got a kid in drag, you know, singing Olivia Newton-John mm-hmm. songs. So a fictionalized version of the short doc was shot with a very young Sean Penn, uh, who was working on Fast Times at the time. I think he only shot the second version for about $100 and paid Sean Penn in pizza, <laughs> according to uh, the, the film. It's pizza, Mr. Hand. Yeah. Harris felt it was a bit rough and filmed it one more time, this time with Crispin Glover becoming the third Beaver Kid, and the final remake had uh, many shot-for-shot recreations, but now with more dramatic differences. Uh, The setting was changed from Beaver to a fictional town called Orkley, so the film was titled The Orkley Kid. It would be Trent's thesis film for AFI and would cost more than $100 in pizza at $50,000. Mm-hmm. Uh, Trent had even written his character himself into the film as an exploitative journalist um, that was manipulating the kid and thus giving it more of a dramatic uh, angle. Um, the Orkley kid was actually given a name. Instead of Groven Gary, uh, the character was now named Larry Huff. And Trent included a scene where the kid would express apprehension at airing his Olivia piece and would uh, contemplate suicide. Um, which kind of m- mirrored real life in a way because later I guess he found out that the kid in the original documentary, the real um, Beaver Kid, had survived a self-inflicted gunshot wound to his chest. Mm-hmm. Um, these, aden- these additions would prompt many questions of Trent, asking if there was any deeper reason behind these creative choices. Uh, he even there's even an interview with him on This American Life, where you can hear him becoming visibly annoyed and tells the interviewer to shut up about it. <laughs> I love and This
2: American Life. It's a great show. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I do too.
1: Um. And apparently, Trent hates talking about it. Oh, dear. So the Beaver Trilogy Part 4 details this story in detail um, where the filmmakers not only just delve into the history of those three films, but also try to find the Beaver Kid himself and that takes them to Beaver and they talk to locals and they even bring up whether or not they know about these series of films mm-hmm. and a lot of people hadn't heard of them, even people in Beaver. Um, Beaver also is famous for being the birth the birthplace of the television. Huh. The inventor of tele- the television patent, the first patent that was filed was uh, Philo T. Farnsworth, was from Beaver, Utah.
2: Very interesting. Yeah, yeah so the- no, I used to drive through that town all the time going to uh, college. So. Excellent. Yeah. Um, a very small town.
1: <laughs> so because Trent would, by chance, cast two future Hollywood stars as the Hollywood dreamer, in this case, the Gary Crispin, and he uh, had become friends... And uh, Crispin created a character called Reuben Farr. Is that right? Is it mm-hmm. F-A-R-R? Yeah, yeah F-A-R-R. Farr. Um, and he presented it to Harris. Uh, Harris, in turn, introduced Glover to the desert, where he liked to spend a lot of his free time and uh, thinking that it would be fun to put Reuben in that desert. Uh, and this would be his big break. Crispin Glover stayed in character throughout the shoot and had an infamous appearance on Letterman, Uh, while in character. Where he threw, yeah, he got kicked off a Letterman for
3: kicking a shoe at David Letterman. David Letterman was not happy about that. (laughs) I saw the footage. He's like, all
1: right, I'm gonna go check on the top 10. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, They finished on time and under budget, but unfortunately around this time, the LA riots were happening Mm. and uh, right around the premiere. So that didn't help at all. What was
2: the budget? Sorry.
1: uh, Oh, I don't know.
3: He mentions it in the
4: interview. So So we'll we'll leave it there? Yeah, we'll leave it there.
1: And I do apologize if I'm getting any of this wrong. It was sort of a quick little uh, little write-down on what I was doing. I'm going to
3: get an email from Trent Harris. Yeah, so. You're like, Inconsistencies. Wrong. <laughs> Fuck you guys.
2: I am very interested in seeing this, though. Yeah, it's I... it's great. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, it's narrated by Bill Hader, too, so mm. it's, it's fantastic. Um, but because critics hated the movie and saying it was the worst movie ever made, somebody even responded, no, Plan 9 from Outer Space is the worst movie ever made. Trent said, fuck it. I'll make plan 10 from outer space,
3: <laughs> which I want to see that. Yeah, I, I do too. It seems pretty good.
1: Uh, so that same festival that played his original piece, atomic television was now redubbed the Sundance film festival, mm-hmm. which it is now known today. And they, uh, would show plan 10. Uh, unfortunately this would become Trent's second financial failure. Um, I, that's, I feel like I'm doing him a disservice by saying this sort of stuff. Cause I'm i I'm a big fan of all, all of his stuff thus far. Uh, so Trent returns to Salt Lake city and his desert, where he says he finds um, a more stark reality, a naked reality, um, when he's out in the desert. And he would make a series of self-documentaries out in the desert, which he considers his best work. Um, in one in one of them, it shows him with a jar of his friend's ashes that he keeps in an oyster jar in the glove compartment. And um, I'm not going to go into detail about that. I would just say go watch the documentary or even watch his own stuff, because it, it seems you know, pretty close to his heart. Um, he would actually then leave this uh, desert and go to other places in the world. Either he filmed himself in the Sahara, um, Timbuktu, Turkmenistan, Brazil, Sierra Leone. He goes to Burning Man, um, all the while filming uh, these self-documentaries. And they would branch off at one point. Uh, and, and he made a movie called The Cement Ball about Cambodia's landmine crisis. Um, and then later he would make a surrealist film that he would debut in London in 2011 called Luna Mesa. And then I think after that, the next major film he made was called uh, Welcome to the Rubber Room. But I'm still digging further into his body of work. And I am officially a big fan. So <laughs> I can't wait to get my hands on more of his stuff.
3: That's uh, Zach's little corner there. Yeah. A <laughs> Five-minute professor
1: or whatever.
2: You need your own little music for that. So we're going <laughs> to... <enjoy, we're gonna laughs> do, do, do.
3: It's got to be that, like...
2: Uh, kind of like a Mr. Rogers thing. Like the, the, thing. Like like the, the public, public access channel.
3: Like... <laughs> doo, doo,
1: doo, doo. Oh,
3: oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> Zach's corner. <laughs> yeah. Like kids,
1: <laughs> <laughs> you ever heard the opening intro to like trauma films? Yeah, Where it has that like really like uh, like worn down soundtrack sound, yeah, like yeah. Ring, ring, yeah, I want that, yeah. Like,
3: like the cool. tracking is off on the audio. <laughs> yeah, so our movie today is Ruben and Ed. Um, it says 1991, but the actual release is 1992, is what I'm finding.
1: Is that true? Okay, it
3: says release date 92 in the US, so I'm not quite sure. I'm gonna put 91. Okay, just because that's what it's telling me. It was um, directed and
2: release or something first? Maybe mm-hmm.
3: European release. Um, directed by Trent Harris, written by Trent Harris. Uh, the music is by Fred Myro, um, who did uh, Soylent Green and stuff oh, like that. So, wow, um, uh, very interesting music. We're did gonna, he yeah. happen
2: to mention how he picked the music, or like I what? didn't ask him that okay, question. I asked him like a
3: few things. It's only like a nine-minute interview. I didn't want to bother the guy too much. <laughs> yeah. Um, the Crispin Glover is Reuben Farr. Um, Howard Hesseman as Ed Tuttle. Mm-hmm. And uh, Karen Black, who was in Great Gatsby,
1: uh, she was in House of a Thousand Corpses. Was she? Yeah. yeah.
3: So uh, you got three pretty big stars there. This is our second Howard Hesseman film because he was in um, Flight of the Navigator. Yeah. So and one of our first ones. He's the NASA Ed, scientist guy. Kind
2: of see him like uh, you're. Uh, never mind. What? Sorry. Go ahead. No, you're, you're talking about Ed's character, right? Yeah. yeah. Sorry, yeah. blanked out for a second. Uh, no, you you see him like pop up like in uh, Oh, he's been in a bunch of things. different things. Isn't he in, in Clue, right? At the very end he's like the detective. I, no,
3: that, that's um I'm not sure. No, that's Michael McKean. No. Oh, oh the detective in Clue. I'm not like sure. At like the
2: very end. Yeah, he's, sure? he's the cop. Yeah, yeah that's
3: he's right. right. Yeah, yeah, that's, the right. Cop. that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I was thinking I was thinking like, he, was, uh, Mr. Green, uh, he was he was pretending like, to
1: be like, like a solicitor or something. Right? And then and then he was actually a cop. Yeah, that's right. He was in uh he was also in about Schmidt and uh, WKRP.
3: <laughs> yeah, the TV show. Yeah. WKRP in Cincinnati. Uh, that's right. The famous turkey drop.
1: WKRP. <laughs> oh, interesting. I
3: don't know if you ever see those t-shirts. It's from that. So we're going to kind of jump in. Uh, this is the very first clip of the film um, where we get to see Ed sitting in a uh, a room for real estate and uh, kind of how crazy that is. And uh, here it is. Mm-hmm. We get a little bit of that
0: music at the beginning. Are you willing to open the door to your dreams?
5: Success!
0: Success!
5: Why do we want that success?
0: Money! Money! How do we get that money? Work! No, no, not work.
5: Real estate! Real estate! Power through positive real estate! The PPR! The organization!
0: (laughs) Do you have what it takes? Are you the kind of high-caliber-motivated professional that'll stop at nothing to get what you want? Who are you? Who are you? You are an incredibly powerful salesperson who continually climbs
5: higher and higher up the ladder of success. Chant after me. I am an incredibly powerful ( pleasures) powerful salesperson who who continually continually climbs climbs higher and higher up the ladder of success. I am an incredibly powerful salesperson salesperson who continually climbs higher.
0: <laughs> Success.
3: Have you guys ever been to any of those like no, motivational I stuff? <clears throat> I yeah. got dragged to one once, and it's—I mean, it really is like—is it really like yeah, that? It's yeah, a, it's a bunch of just you know pyramid scheme bullshit. I got like... roped
2: into one about like juice, juice from a friend. Yeah, he was like, "Oh, you like, like art, goji berry right?" And, juice? and I was like, "Yeah." And he's like, "I've got a really cool art gallery thing that you should see tonight." Uh huh. And so me and my friend went and stuff, and it was like, "Oh, there's a piece of art. Oh, look, a juice convention, or whatever it was." Get out of like, here! Yeah, he totally lied to me. I didn't talk to him. Yeah, it's art, but we're trying <laughs> to just sell like it. Blender. I was just yeah. like, "Oh my lord!" <laughs> I kind of
1: got. Uh, it made me think of uh, the beginning of um, Requiem for a Dream, when uh, he's like, "Juice by you, juice by you," and he's like, "We got a winner,
0: or whatever." <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs>
3: So uh, during this, uh, Ed, the character Ed, he kind of goes out, uh, or actually, we get this uh, the scene of Ruben in his room listening mm-hmm. to music and playing with a, a, a cat toy, yeah, a cat squeak toy, and going a little crazy. in his so
2: you see a little picture of Simon, his cat. His cat He's just is like this like weird looking cat. He mentions,
1: like, yeah, he mentions later that there's uh, <laughs> that the music was his cat's favorite music. Which yeah, I have, a, I have a clip oh,
3: of Mahler. it. Yeah. The smaller, okay. Yeah. So yeah. and then the mom because uh, he lives in the. A motel. A motel. Yeah. His mom yeah, she's, comes she's, up and she's, she's like, turn manager. this off. I, blah, blah, blah. I feel like
1: Jim Jarmusch is always like plugging Mahler in his movies too. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Tells him to turn it off. And finally she's like, go get friends. I'll give you your music back if you bring a friend home for dinner. Yeah. And I love when he, like, he, Ruben, when he yeah. goes and just sits next to the pool <laughs> and then like, looks at a lady's <laughs> like, I want you to meet, meet my, my mother. mother. <laughs> she just gets she all just, and walks, like, away.
2: walks
1: away. <laughs> that was genuinely funny. <laughs> Funny moment. I was yeah. like, oh, man. And then imagine you, that. Yeah, you see Ed.
3: you well, see Wait, Ed, yeah, go you got to
2: paint the picture first, yeah. too. He's got like this really tight, like kind of small, like colored shirt on and these striped bell-bottom tight pants. Tight bell-bottoms. And, and these yeah. giant platform, platform shoes. shoes. And just this weird, like, moppy haircut. and is that a with wig? giant glasses. I'm not sure. I, I,
3: don't, I don't know. I was, I, was, I should have asked about like... it, because it does kind of look like a wig. But I don't know. That's,
1: that's a pretty gnarly length to... Because uh, he's grown his hair out before. I've achieve, seen Yeah, but like, how... Okay, okay, okay. when was Back to the Future? That was like 85? 85, yeah. This is... Okay, so seven years. Yeah. Six or seven. Okay, yeah, I guess
3: he only did the first one, because that's when the lightness rates issue came Oh, that's in. right, yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
3: Uh, at one point, Ed goes to take out the trash, and there's a guy that's like...
2: Meow, like
3: you know fucking with him like a bully
1: and he yeah he does like the
2: standoff
3: was, was he holding
1: a volleyball or something
2: yeah, he's yeah. some just like douchebag. bag douche.
1: so then he projectile launches his, his shoe. shoe and hits the stop sign
3: which is like a running gag throughout the thing of him <laughs> just kicking the shoe it
2: scares him off
1: I want to see more movies with Ruben that would be great more Ruben movies <laughs> Yeah,
3: that would be great Crispin she, I mean he's just pretty like, much little. he pretty much is Ruben Farr I mean he's a yeah, weird yeah they dude. said
1: that he it, it was hard to decide to determine where he ended and Ruben began because he was so close mm-hmm. to that character in real life. Wild. He's an interesting dude. Yeah, he's got, a, he's got a long history of being sort of a bit of an eccentric. I think
3: the last thing I saw him in was like the Alice in Wonderland movie. The Tim Burton one. He was in that. Crispin Glover? Yeah, he plays the guy with like the heart over his eye.
2: Uh, oh, that's right. He yeah. was in
1: that. I was going to say he was a villain in like one of the Charlie's Angels movies. Yeah. I don't remember when Willard it's came like, out. It's
3: always, yeah, Willard was what late nineties? No, or,
1: dude. Was it early two thousands? Mid mid two thousands.
3: Ed is uh, Ed is kind of panhandling on the street, kind of get people to sign up for the the organization, the PPR, yeah. to bring him in. And he meets Ruben. And I thought I grabbed the clip, but I guess it didn't record. But then he's asking him questions like, "Are you happy with your your, yeah. your earning potential?" He's like, "Yep, yep, yep." Are you okay <laughs> with this? Yep. Yep. And he's like, if you have not answered yes to one hundred percent, you know, you yeah. need to come, come with, with me to right now. Seminar. Yeah.
1: So the, all all Reuben was trying to do is get somebody to come to dinner so he can get his music and his squeaky toy back, right? Yeah, pretty much. And, and
3: so he invite he invites Ed over for yeah. dinner. Uh, well,
1: he's obviously a pretty well, inept salesman he, himself if he thinks that Reuben's going to be his target.
2: He invites him to come over and, and pick him up to take him to the seminar, but yeah. it's kind of like this little Ruse. trap he's going to try to get him to meet his mother. It's, it's so at that, six
3: o'clock, yeah. yeah. And, and Ed shows up at like six o'clock on the dot. You see yeah. his watch, like click, and then he knocks on the door. Yeah, yeah. he's and, in there and he
2: like toots. Yeah, he like parts a little bit,
3: <laughs> like when the door opens. Is that like, what happened? Yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> man. It's just one of those funny little moments.
1: That's funny.
3: And so he goes in, and you know, there's. I really like the the this the like the picturesque of Ruben's apartment, like the long hallway. Everything's just. Yeah, it looks kind of driven, it's weird. Yeah. yeah, it's it's very absurdist inside, like abstracts just. Sure. And uh, ed- it
1: seems to like shrink because like I think it's supposed to be uh, that initial impression you get of somebody's space is like, oh, this place is weird. So it seemed all like awkward. It's
2: very removed.
1: Dimensional, you yeah. know, and then it, and it feels like to get smaller once they start to interact with each other because he asked for a glass of water and he's like, Nah, no, <laughs> yeah,
3: and he goes away. And and this next clip is when he's like, well, I'm just going to get myself a glass of water. He's yeah. like, I need some ice. And uh, here's a little clip of that.
4: Ice.
5: Ice
0: is nice. Ah!
5: Oh, good Lord. What the hell? I'm sorry. Uh, I wanted some ice. I didn't realize, <laughs> look, I didn't do it. Uh... Why don't you keep your hands off other people's refrigerators? Uh, Listen, you don't eat those things, do you? I mean, a guy could get sick eating cats.
0: It's a pet.
5: I know it's none of my business, but why do you keep your pet in the freezer?
0: Keeping him frozen until I find the right spot to bury him. Look, my mother just called. She's going to be late. I don't feel like going to the seminar now.
5: In your frame of mind, I think the seminar would be very good. No. Well, look, i tell you what. uh, We'll leave my business card right here on the table. That way your mother will know where you went. No. I drove all the way over here. I think the least you could do. Shut up. You shut up, you son of a bitch! I'm sorry. I didn't mean that. I'm sorry. Excuse me. I did not mean it. (sighs) I guess you're pretty broken up about your cat. Uh, You had him for a long time? Yes. Let's see. uh, Where could you bury him? You don't have a yard, so that's out. Why don't you bury your cat at sea? Cats hate water. Well, then, bury him out in the desert. No car. Well, then, just get over it. I mean, go on to the next step. Set a goal. And obstacles become opportunities. Ma'am, you really need that seminar right now. Let's go over there. Get Get out of my house. (laughs) You know you really are an asswipe. sorry. I didn't mean that either. I didn't mean to say that. I am sorry. You have a car. Hmm? You dropped my cat. You have a car. Uh... We go to the seminar first, and then we bury your cat. He'll defrost. Pack him in ice. That's a good idea, Ed.
0: I'll go get the cooler.
3: So that's pretty much the basis of the plot is you know if you help me bury my cat I'll go to your seminar yeah and I forgot that before before Ed comes over he's talking to his ex-wife which is a uh, which Karen is played black. by Karen black yeah. Rula. and Rula, yeah and every time he calls he's like trying to he's think got that he's a really big six-
2: problem yeah you got
3: a big problem Ed yeah. there's something wrong he's like yeah but i'm I'm making money I'm doing this so he's trying to win her back it's kind' it's of kind of, of
1: vague too isn't it
3: really yeah I mean, they yeah. don't really get in depth with that too much. So I, I didn't really get um, any clips of, of, Karen black. Actually,
1: they're um, both, uh, pretty neurotic in their own, in their own way. These oh, especially, well, are. especially towards a the toxic
2: relationship. I can get you a lot of money, then you, know, you can come show, back. Yeah. Oh, I was also so.
1: referring to Ed in this context, the oh. way they need oh, each yeah. other. They're, you can see both. They're both kind of, uh, I don't want to say opposite ends of a spectrum, but like Ruben, uh, it's hard to like pin down his motivations. He's just like weird and quirky. And then Ed is trying to maintain uh, what he thinks is professional. And he, he slips up. He's like, you son of a bitch. He's like, no, no, no. Gotta wind, back, gotta wind it back. Gotta wind it back. You ass wife. And uh, this, this exchange between the two of them feels like uh, what would later become known. Like nowadays people call it cringe content.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Or like uh, like kind of like what... A, I don't know, like like what the office would become, where there's no like laugh track or anything. It's just a really cringy thing that some people find very funny. It's like it's a just awkward situation. Yeah, it's cringe before cringe. You know,
2: that's so. why it's so quotable for us. Like again, yeah. me and my sisters will constantly say, "I'll go get the cooler." Like that's oh. <laughs> all, like all the time. Excellent. Yeah. No, there's a lot of.
3: Ed has a car. It's not his car. It's it's the it's the head of the organization's vehicle. It's yeah. a, The license
2: plate is PPR1. Yeah,
3: PPR1. It's a really nice <laughs> Thunderbird. And uh, Ed, uh, uh, Ruben ends up taking the keys from him and tries to drive because away with the car. Because they're
2: packing the cooler into the trunk and they're going to go to their seminar. But then Ruben steals the keys yeah. and jumps into the driver's yeah. seat. Yeah, and starts driving they into PO the desert.
1: Out. All right, you know what's funny? I'm watching this and I can't help but think. Um, when I moved into that house that I moved just moved out of mm-hmm. with uh, Jen. Yeah. She had a dead cat in her freezer. Oh, no. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so when I saw the trailer for this, I was you're like,
2: like,
1: oh, wait goodness. a minute. <laughs> so I need to go to the desert? Yeah, it it sounds- seems like there's a lot of people put dead yeah. cats in freezers. I, I can't remember why she did, but I remember when I moved in, she's like, oh, yeah, if you're going to pack anything into the deep freeze, just put everything from this level up and don't put anything on the very bottom. I was like, why not? She's like, well, see that bag there? And I'm like, yeah. She goes, that's a dead cat. And I was like, okay.
4: <laughs> Just saving a red flag out. or anything. Saving it, <laughs> it for a rainy day. <laughs> <laughs> well,
1: eventually I did move out. But um, there she had a reason behind it. It wasn't quite as eccentric right. or weird as, as uh, Mr. Rubin here. But, uh, yeah, that was a funny, funny coincidence there.
3: They drive into the night. Uh, Ruben's going into the desert. They stop and they get like beer and Fruit Loops yeah. and just you know
1: cracking road and, soda. And Ed
3: the entire time is just talking about the the organization and Similar. how how, how Ruben's a douchebag. Like, yeah. He's an asswipe and needs to listen to him. And they end up uh, they end up like turning down the desert road because he's like no the freeway's this way. Yeah and, yeah, and the car breaks down pretty much. They get stuck. You know.
2: And he's following a river on the map. Yeah, he's family. following a He's like, it's a fucking thinking river. Thinking it's a road?
3: Yeah, thinking it's a road, and they get river. trapped. <laughs> it's a river.
2: No, it's not.
3: <clears throat> they do not like each other. Yeah, they do not. Uh, they get stuck in the desert. They say, that like, where's the nearest town? It's Prague, and they're trying no, to... Prod. Prod. Prod? I was but wondering what it was, was Yeah, I kept hearing Prague. Okay, That's
2: another it. line we always call it, uh Prod's that way.
1: I thought the audio. Oh, okay. I kept. I kept
3: so hearing
2: Prague.
1: I did too. Reason. I was like, yeah. "Why do they got to get to Vienna?" No, no, no. <laughs> it's, it's just a made-up town
2: in Utah. Yeah, it's so okay. But that's where uh, Hanksville. Aren't there uh, a lot of like is...
1: unique uh, town names?
2: Uh, yeah. There There's there like. Are. There's a few. Provo. Well, Josh's favorite is oh, uh, hurricane. hurricane, Hurricane, Utah. Hurricane. It, yeah. Hurricane. It, that is how yeah. it is pronounced, yeah, but it's spelled in, Hurricane. But like, it is yeah. spelled <laughs> Hurricane. Like, Way that you would or want, but if you say it, hurricane. I read, I, I read, I read, I read
3: towns phonetically. So like, uh like Lehigh, yeah. Oh Lehigh, I was like, yeah, oh, yeah. No. It's Lehigh, L E H I. But I'd be like Lehigh is how I would say it. But that's yeah, you know,
1: <laughs> I guess we don't have much room to talk here in Florida. We got a unique, uh yeah, right? Okotoba, or Kissimmee. <laughs> we constantly have to,
2: <laughs> yeah, remind
1: people. When I lived in uh, the uh, coastal North Carolina, there's a town, there a town there called Topsail.
2: But top sale. it's
1: top sale, yeah, and so I would get I would get jerk off. So I'd be like, it's 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 right there. It says top sale. And I was like, let me ask you a question. Do you say pneumonia? Pneumonia. <laughs> get the <to> step in. <laughs> get the step. Well, and then Boston, <laughs> so, there, or
2: like outside of Boston, there's Worcester. Yeah. Worcester.
1: Sound it out.
3: Anyway, when they're uh, when they're in the desert, I believe this is is this Goblin Valley or Factory Butte this-
2: What?
3: Think Goblin Valley. Well, is Goblin
2: Valley is like where those uh, like the really cool um, features come into play, but I don't think they've reached that yet. So it might be the
3: no. So I think they're in Factory Butte. Yeah. Okay. So uh, that's a place in Utah. So yeah, they're they're hmm. they're arguing on where to go, and yeah. the entire time, is like, just bury the cat here. Your yeah. cat would be happy as a clam to be yeah. buried right here, and he consistently says that over and over and over again. Um, they split up. They're still trying to bury the cat. You just then can't decide
1: on the
3: perfect like, spot. I'm
2: going that way. Prods that way.
3: Yeah. Mm. It's almost like C three PO and yeah. and R two D two kind of saying like yeah, I'll, I'll split I'll, off. Yeah, you don't know where you're going.
1: And the, you know, the, the more I learned about um, Trent's affinity for the desert, I started to see that the desert itself, I think, is kind of a character in the movie too. Don't you think?
2: Doesn't it serve as not
1: just the basis for like the story, but
2: <clears throat> well, it's beautiful desert down there anyway. Yeah. I love hiking down there. It's quite it, incredible.
1: Maybe I'm just you know reading my own f- meaning into the movie which has a pretty, you know, simple premise but i like it when you know the settings can evoke uh, certain responses from people and i think that might be the reason why he was like, well, let's put ruben in a desert just to see how he fares out there because after this like they decide, well, you know, you're in a desert, you're going to dehydrate, you need water. And this yeah. brings and me some, to my next clip. Uh, <laughs> uh,
3: ruben uh, before this clip sits down and pulls out his uh, insert oh. for his shoe and Ugh. drinks his foot sweat. Because <laughs>
2: they're both, like...
3: They're both thirsty. Dying. Yeah, they're dying. And uh, he tries to offer to Ed, and Ed's like, oh, my God. Oh,
2: my
1: God. I was surprised by that. I didn't expect there to be gross-out humor in this. Oh, yeah. And for bit. somebody like Ruben, I thought his character would be a little more... Uh, like OCD kind yeah, of Yeah, kind of uh, particular about about things, but no. Nah, he, he's, he's all about bearing his cat. That's,
3: that's his main goal.
1: He went bare grills on that junk. <laughs> And he does it again in, it a, later I think in a worse fashion. Oh
3: god. Well, here's here's a clip. They're they're in the desert and um, you realize that Ed has a heart condition. he says, you know, I have a heart condition and we need to take a break. So here it is. I have a heart condition. You know, I have to be
5: careful. I don't care what you do. I'm resting. You ever married, Ruben? I was married once. Yeah, I said, honey, I could be making a lot of money for you, so she married me. Three years later, I was still making 9,000 a year, so she left. That's when I first became interested in the organization.
0: You shut up about the organization? Not interested, okay? Okay.
5: Take it easy. So, what kind of cat was Simon? A good cat. I mean, was he a Siamese or what? Trying to be friendly. I like cats, do you know? <laughs> My cat liked music. Music? The end of Cat Stevens? <laughs> Mahler. Mahler. That's weird. Did you ever see that movie, Cat People? Cat people? Yeah, cat people. They they worship cats. Hated dogs. Worship cats.
0: I saw part of Cat on a Hot Tin Roof.
5: Do you ever see Cat Baloo? Man, that is a powerful flick. What happened to its tail? Fan. Fans can be damn dangerous. Fans caused 1,100,
0: 14 serious injuries in 1988. Incredible. You can keep that.
5: Got 23 more of those. Do you ever have a dog? I had one once. Pointer. (laughs) He never could figure out what to point at. People are like that. People are like that, really. They don't know what they're supposed to do. The organization could be so helpful for a guy like you. For $300, I could start you on the installment plan. You need help, Reuben. Look at your clothes. I like these clothes. Well, you don't have a job. I have money. Well, you don't have any friends. Now, you have to admit that. Nobody really likes you, Reuben. I mean, really. Reuben. Reuben. I really... I really like
3: listening to the audio of things sometimes, cause you, especially with the, with the fly, how the fly starts buzzing around, and then Ed mm-hmm. starts coming back like an annoying fly with the organization. Yeah. So that's yeah, fun stuff.
1: I do I do like that, too. I noticed um, a lot of times when we listen to clips mm-hmm. from movies, um, I, I enjoy them more because I mean, I'm hearing things I didn't notice when I was watching it. And it's, I guess it's sort of like that ASMR type of thing. I like hearing the crunch underfoot of the desert. I don't know. It just does something for my ears. A
2: little buzzer squawking in the background. Yeah. The-
1: <clears throat> and uh, he mentions the movie Cat People, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, which I, I was wondering after he's after that, he mentioned it. Yeah, I've never, was, I've
3: never seen that movie. I've seen Cat Baloo before. That's why I think that line is funny. That's like what's Cat Baloo? Cat, Cat Baloo is with. Um, oh, God damn it! It's I can't think of his name.
1: Well, Cat People came out in '82. But it's with,
3: with Lee Marvin. It's uh, it's kind yeah. of a smart wit. Western okay. comedy that has vengeance in it. It's a good movie, but okay. it's just that's why I'm like, what a powerful flick! It just kind of makes me laugh because <laughs> uh, I never would say because, it was because a of his assessment flick. of it. Yeah, okay.
2: Well, maybe we need to watch it again and uh, yeah, <laughs> and
3: figure yeah. something out.
1: Well, when you when mentioned cat people, I immediately thought of the 1982 one with Malcolm McDowell, or since he's an older gentleman, he could have been referring to the OG one, which is from like 1942. Mm. Uh, I don't know, but uh, yeah, cat people. That's a funny one.
3: Uh, during this, they, they're, they're walking and carrying the stuff, and they come across a uh, a trailer. And it's just like in the middle of nowhere. And it, th- at this point, and this is, is where Ruben does the other disgusting thing. Yeah. He opens up the, the, the cooler, and the uh, ice is melted. And he just drinks the water, like picks up the cooler, just, oh, it's uh, making me gag. it's incredible. like, oh, Lord. <laughs> oh. Yeah. It's
4: so gross. Is
1: Was it, it, uh, no wonder he got like, because later he collapses in the movie i'm like you think he was think like that's why
4: Ugh. <laughs> he's
1: drinking yeah. cat juice
3: maybe that's why he trips balls later on like that might be <laughs> you know, like. who knew he uh they, he goes and sits down inside the the beat up trailer and on the window he yeah. like ruben's giggling because it says andy warhol sucks a big one yeah and uh you know they're kind of commenting on it like andy warhol sucks a big one why is that so funny i don't yeah. understand he's
2: like who was andy warhol he's like oh Painted, painted Campbell, suit, had Campbell suit,
3: cans. suit cans.
1: Did he uh, mention that at all in the interview?
3: I t- I, I talked to him about yeah. that line, okay. and it, he he'll give some explanation well, on it's it. It's funny
1: that he would play Warhol.
3: Yeah, that uh, Crispin Glover would play Andy Warhol later on in the Doors movie. In the doors,
1: yeah.
2: yeah. When it becomes kind of like a, a further brunt of like more jokes and stuff later on in the
3: true. Yeah, call back to it. Yeah, there's, there's, a there's a three callbacks, callbacks to yeah. it. I have a, I have two callbacks to it on the, the clips. <laughs> they this they they end up splitting up completely. They're like, no, prod is this way. No, whatever. Kind of
2: get into in like those final fight things. Mm-hmm. And scuffles. And
3: they... Ed gets finally gets back to the car. Yeah, and uh, he lays down in it and he realizes it won't start because like the 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 engine wire, like the starting wire, has been disconnected.
2: Well, isn't that where they find it uh, painted on his car again?
3: No, not yet. They didn't get it. It wasn't vandalized. No, I, it's vandalized later on. I'll tell no. you. What.
1: No, yeah, dude, because when is, he when he gets he, over to the gas station, he's, he's got to call like, the cops. son of
2: a bitch because it says Andy Warhol sucks a big one on his car. Yeah. Cuz
1: I thought it was uh, he no he, he There's some shit in the windshield. I
3: thought he, Yeah, cuz
2: there's a rock on, there's it, a rock on it. There's a rock on it. I
3: thought I thought it's when he drops it off at the gas station, nope. then goes back for Ed, and then when he nope. comes back, it's spray painted on there.
1: No, cuz he drives the same car out of the desert and then turns around. And that's when he has that vision of his wife. Oh, okay, yeah, when you're right. So back. he
3: comes back yeah. and there is Andy Warhol sucks a big one spray painted <laughs> yeah. on the hood. So he's, he's like, son like son of son a bitch, bitch. It's not
1: even my car. Yeah, <laughs> who wrote Andy Warhol sucks a big one
3: on my car? Like,
2: oh, the organization's gonna love this. Yeah,
3: uh, and he ends up driving to a gas station that's down the road. And I have a clip of this gas station because these characters are. And it's, what's funny is the gas station says PPR on it. Did you ever notice the that? name of oh, the? Oh wait, no, I didn't. It says yeah, PPR. No it's, way. Yeah.
1: It's a, well it's a different
2: uh, I always just look at the sign and says, Hell yes, we're open. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but yeah, if you look
3: right behind it, it's like the 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 prod whatever rest station yeah. is PBR yeah. it says on there. So you see that a lot in the in the movie. And then he meets the gas stations and he's kinda of attendance and asking if they've seen Ruben at all. Mm. And I have a little clip of this because I think it's kind of a fun it's uh, a really funny clip. Little fun banter. Even my brother's like, Who the hell is that lady? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's <laughs> like,
1: yeah, yeah. He's right. he's like, Who's that lady? Yeah. <laughs> Here we go.
5: Uh, listen, I'm looking for a friend. Uh, he's got long hair and thick glasses, uh, wearing bell-bottom pants. Never seen a guy like that. I never seen a guy like that either. What's he driving? We had car trouble, and he decided to walk. <laughs> on foot? The man don't let us long out there on foot. Where'd you break down? Uh. Sounds like he's out there on snake flats
0: guy from New York died from a snake that bit him out there.
5: That was a scorpion. There are thousands more scorpions than there are snakes.
0: That was a snake. A big snake. I ought to know. I drove him to the hospital.
5: If your friend's headed north, why, well, he's going to fall right down them abandoned shaft. That's not north.
0: That's west. West is the test site. Test sites east. Sun comes up in the east goes down in the west. I sure hope your friend didn't go out east. Radiation will kill a man in 30 seconds.
5: He's exaggerating. It takes longer than that.
0: It takes exactly 30 seconds I don't know I saw it on TV Radiation One thing about it though If your friend's still alive This is where he'll show up Not another town for 100 miles He'll show up
4: Of course he will
5: Of course he will And
3: this is where we see Ed And uh, Goblin Valley right yeah. Yeah. Ruben Ruben sorry yeah, Ruben's Ruben. in Goblin Valley <laughs> <Yeah>. and, <laughs> Thank you. and he has like this mirage of a really sexy lady <clears throat> oh, no. it, pointing you gotta add
2: way. to his um, outfit he finds like a hubcap in the desert he picks yeah, it, it up and it on his head and like puts a leather strap around it or his belt or something like that so he's now wearing a hat that is made of a hubcap
1: do you guys ever consider cosplaying these characters <laughs> Oh my! Like, I don't know if anybody
2: oh would ever God. get them
1: how much? How good of really a deep free. cut? If he,
3: like, if, if we went to like Salt Lake Comic Con, maybe you yeah, might yeah.
2: find a few people that would recognize. But yeah, that, that's a
1: yeah, that's a that's, that's,
3: a, that's a
2: weird one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah I would. People I could imagine it
1: would be relatively easy. Uh,
2: You'd probably get a lot of questions. The Howard
1: Hessman one would be just put on a blue suit, get a big yellow button that says "Who am I?" and mm-hmm. Wear a hairpiece. Yeah. Yeah, the you hair would probably substitute. get a lot of questions. Like hair substitute. That's <laughs> right. That's right. That's right. Sorry. And <laughs> when.
3: Uh, Ruben sees the mirage of this lady that kind of points the way, so he starts yeah. to go. Bikini model
2: and she's Ed, like, mm.
3: yeah, Ed calls his wife uh-huh. and is trying to say, yeah, I'm, hey, I'm having this big mineral deal and uh, with oil, and she's like, is it mineral or oil? It's it's a mineral oil deal. Uh, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and you know, the 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 operator's like, you know, you must put two dollars and thirty five cents in to continue this call, and he's like, I don't have two dollars and thirty five cents, and she can hear yeah. it. And he ends up hanging up, but he calls his parents. Yeah, it seems like every interaction with a person is an argument for him, for him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Or someone else is arguing near him. Like, yeah, it's not yeah, a yeah. good thing. He calls his parents. They realize that the, um, the organization is looking for him. They're like, they want the car back and yeah. all that stuff. So he ends up like, fuck it. I got to go find yeah. Ruben. Uh, yeah, and, and yeah at this point this is where he's kind of f- tripping out a little bit he's having some heart problems and then he imagines running his ex-wife over in the yeah. road and she's like <laughs> st- stuck on the grill like she's a paper bag or something and is this
1: when like Rubens still traipsing him through the desert and he starts to have or, or he sees like a cave is yeah he's
3: he, yeah he sees um well, he
2: sees the big beach. the
3: monolith thing yeah, yeah the butte and then he goes up there and this is where he gets into And the he cave. just
2: like he has this look in his eyes where he's like he's drawn to be up there he's like mm-hmm. I gotta
3: and he goes into the the echo cave, is what it is. Okay. The echo people. And he sees the uh, he sees like the the markings the on markings the wall. on the wall. Yeah. yeah. And he's like, "Echo people." And then he hits his head. He like collapses. And this is where he has that weird dream from the the clip at the beginning. Yeah. But my cat can eat a whole <laughs> watermelon. It's yeah. like
2: in an inner tube. Do you have the clip that you're going to play or not? no? No, because oh, okay. it's mostly
3: just music for that. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. He's in an inner tube and he's got like his shoes are really long. And then the the hot chick that. You know, is driving the cat's water skiing.
2: <laughs> well, his, his shoes are like ten feet long. Yeah, is that like a platform shoe. Yeah, and th-
3: that, those are the uh, the t shirts that Trent is selling. It's yeah. him. they on have the, like inner, inner, inner tube with yeah, the long inner inner shoes. Tube. It's like my cat can eat a whole watermelon. Oh, it's yeah. great. Yeah. Oh man, it's good product. I need one of those. <laughs> right. And uh, yeah, go ahead.
2: I was going to say this scene is actually pretty like important because it also kind of calls back to the guy that uh, he chucked the shoe at yeah. earlier. Cause um, he starts going here kitty 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 kitty, and it shows his memory going back, and he's watching this guy basically drive his cat around the pool at the hotel. So he's it's like, like you like kind you of assume swim. that, yeah, oh. he's like, oh, it looks like your cat's not very good at swimming. Yeah, like that guy maybe killed, like and killed cat. Oh, shit. Yeah, so that's kind of the callback why he does not like that guy at the very beginning, and he's like, trying I know, to, I trying didn't put that together. Off. Yeah, so, like, you can kind of assume that that guy... So that's
1: why he kicked his shoe at him. Yeah. yeah. He didn't Fucking like killed him. my cat. Mm-hmm. And that's why I know, said cats asshole. don't like water, you know? Yeah. Aww. Yeah.
2: No, so it kind of ties Poor that sad. all together. But, yeah. What was the cat's name?
1: Simon. 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 That's right. Simon. Hmm. I have a cat. I wonder
3: if... Uh, <laughs> yeah. No, you know, you, know, you know those drawings of Simon the cat? Like, the little... Drawing things. No. Isn't it Simon the Cat?
2: Yeah. Uh, no, Simon's Cat.
3: Oh, Simon's oh, Cat. Oh, Simon's Cat. Oh, I thought it was Simon oh, the Cat. No. No, I was no, like, no. that'd be funny if the guy stole those. It are, from yeah, those out. are fun. I see those those are there's fun. like YouTube
1: videos yeah, or they're something. Yeah, right? they Yeah, I like those.
3: After the dream, um, Ed is looking up at the butte and he sees a little. Shimmer, and he's like, There's an ass wipe up There's there, which, which actually I have a clip of that. This is where they bury. Where they so, is the they're
1: before we get there, is yeah, the girl yeah. in his hallucinations the one that's in the photo that he's obsessed with at the beginning? Is she significant in any way? I or think, just? I think
3: it's two different girls. I want to say because one of them say, has black yeah. hair, one of them has blonde hair. I don't know if it's the same yeah. woman or not. I can no, probably it's just see a pretty if it's on girl,
2: there. and he's like, Wow, he's just yeah, like, Wow, wow. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> he just likes pretty chicks. I've always wondered if, if she was significant in any any other way, or
3: just
2: that's just his. Pretty girl. Well, yeah. No, at sees. the
3: beginning, when he's staring at her, she comes out of the she pool. Well, it always yeah, reminded me like of like Fast Times at Ridgemont High when what's her name gets oh, out, true, out of the pool. Oh, true, yeah, Phoebe Cates. Yeah, it's like a calendar oh, photo or something
2: yeah. like that. And wow. then that's when you see the cat for the first time because it's a, the picture of the cat. Like okay, right yeah,
3: yeah, big it. so eyes. Yeah, the cat's
0: really <laughs> cartoony <laughs> looking too.
1: It's funny.
3: Um, this is where Ed finds uh, Ruben, and they finally bury the cat. Mm-hmm. Sounds a nice little uh, little
5: little part. <laughs> It's not all that humorous, you know. Holy Moses. Indian. Could be Apache. Look! <coughs> oh, <laughs> there you are. What? <laughs> You look like a, a total dork. <laughs> Echo people. Echo people. Good lord. Uh, get up. Echo people. Reuben, get up. Let's get your jacket get on. on here. 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 Feel okay. Yeah, hypothermia won't help. Huh? Now, get that jacket on. Anna boy. Good work. Okay. Let's go. You're gonna. You'll want to let go of that cooler, Ruby. Okay? Ruben! Let go of the cat! Ah. Okay, that's good. That's good. No nope. cat. Now come on. Come on. Let's get up on our feet here. Yeah. yeah. Come on. Attaboy. You can do it. Okay, No, nope. nope, nope. Never mind, Simon. Come on. Oh. Okay. Okay. I'll bury Simon. You be the supervisor, I'll be the barrier. But then, we are going to march out of here. Okay? Now you see? This is how you dig a hole. I tell you, Ruben, your whole problem is you just won't let go. You can't hold on to something when it's dead. Man, if anybody ever needed that seminar, it is you. You Gotta... Go on to the next step. If you don't, well, you find yourself all of a sudden standing there holding a big old pile of nothing. And I know. Yeah, I was on the road to success. Sure. I could have been driving my own Thunderbird. No. I had to let it all go so I could come out to this. God-forsaken place, and show some asswipe how to bury a soggy cat. I'm sorry, Reuben. I didn't mean it. Oh, Lord. Hell of a good-looking cat you've got here, Reuben. Magnificent creature. (laughs) Uh. (laughs) Sorry, Simon. Okay. Uh, It's like a custom fit. (laughs) Look at this, Reuben. Here's old Mickey, her rubber squeaky mouse. (whistles) Right in there with good old Simon the Cat. Okay. Boy, I tell you, Ruben, this is really a swell place that you picked here. I mean, this is tremendous. Oh, boy, I'm not kidding either. Any cat would be oh, proud as a clam to be buried here.
3: I like when Ned's talking there because he pretty much is talking about his own life. Mm-hmm. He just doesn't realize it just yet. You know, sometimes yeah, you you, you 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 hold on to things. You're not moving forward, and he's holding on to his ex-wife. He's projecting and, yeah. everything, yeah.
1: Didn't you mention that uh, Peter Boyle was in this role first?
3: Yeah, he was supposed to be uh, Trent. It's going to tell us a little bit about okay. that in a little bit.
1: Uh, I did read the. Uh, you were saying that it was Goblin Valley is where part of it was filmed. Mm-hmm. I guess that same area was used for the Rock Monster sequence in Galaxy Quest.
3: Yeah, no, Utah yeah, is very famous for any kind of desert. Yeah, scenes. there's
2: there like all kinds of Star westerns Trek, and any everything. kind of like s- like uh like space like planet like off-world type stuff. Oh, I bet a bunch was filmed for Starship
1: e- Troopers out there.
2: probably, probably. yeah. yeah. But
3: no, no, we looked at the Starship Troopers. That was a lot of Montana and the Badlands. Oh, was it? That. Oh. Yeah. Okay. The Dakotas. excuse me.
2: But yeah, Utahs used for a lot of filming locations. So really.
3: they fin- they finally bury the cat. U-
1: Utahans. Yeah. Utahns? Utahns? Utahns, Utahns? Uh, yeah.
3: Utahns. Yes, sir? Uh, Ed buries the cat, and Ruben's, you know, still kind of groggy because he passed Mm. out. And so Ed's dragging him, and then Ed ends up, like, having a minor heart attack, heart episode. And then Ruben's up carrying Ed back to the car. But then when Ed wakes up, he's like, oh, man, I feel great. You know, like, nothing (laughs) happened.
2: Yeah. Jump in the car and go back to Prod.
3: <laughs> go back to Prod, and it, this he's is. Like, got
2: a watering hose on his head. I think this is my favorite down.
3: scene. Is when he's talking to the police. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah,
3: That's that's my favorite. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And I have a little clip of that. I know, it kind of clips back to back because we're kind of getting towards cool. the end of the movie. This movie also is only about an hour and a half, so yeah. it's, not, it's not a very yeah. long movie. Yeah. Um, here's the uh, here's the police scene.
0: i'm not one to meddle in another's business good feeling better reuben better you don't seem like no kidnapper to me kidnapper what are you talking about seems that fella whose heads are watering there his mother found your business card reported him kidnapped how would you know that state troopers through here an hour ago your mother told him you were in Prague. my mother (laughs) that figures they said you was a dangerous car thief and kidnapper you don't look all that like kidnapped to me.
5: Listen, uh, could I borrow a quarter? I I, I want to get this thing straightened out right away. Thanks. Uh, police are reasonable people; they'll understand. Of course, they will. Sheriff's Department. Hello, police. Uh, this is Ed Tuttle, uh, the kidnapper you're after. Uh, I think there's been a little misunderstanding. Uh, I was just helping bury a frozen cat. Mr. Tuttle, is is Ruben Far all right? Uh, oh, he is so messed up. It is unbelievable. Uh, but it was his cat. It was not mine. I, I said, look, I said, let's bury him. Under that cactus, but no, he wanted to bury him in the cave of the Echo people, so... Anyway, uh, I haven't done anything, and I just wanted you to get this all straightened out, okay? Where are you now, Mr. Tuttle? Are you in prod? Well, of course I'm in prod. Uh, Reuben's with me. Uh, why, why, why do you care where we're at? Uh, just, you... You don't need to know that, okay? I haven't done anything. Now, just calm down, Mr. Tuttle. You calm down. You are the ones who are supposed to calm down, all right? Why the hell are you harassing me, anyway? I haven't done anything. Mr. Tuttle, just stay where you're at. Don't Mr. Tuttle me, all right? Now, if you bozos had an ounce of sense, you'd go after the real criminals. You'd go after the son of a bitch that spray painted Andy Warhol sucks a big one on my car.
0: Well, that ought to straighten it all out.
3: <laughs> so yeah. they, they end up getting into the car and trying it to drive back into yeah. town. But then the state troopers are, they seem coming around the corner. So they back up mm-hmm. and just, they fuck up the car even more. Like yeah. this, this car is just peaked as shit. Yeah. And there's this, they get into town, they're starting to run out of gas. And they're like, oh, we got to find an ATM. Mm-hmm. And so they finally find one. And when Ed kind of goes up to the ATM, they see, sees his ex-wife walking out yeah. with a lady. And then, then they have well,
2: this. Yeah. She, she's coming out uh, with a, with another guy. Yeah. And he, and he, another gentleman. So, gentleman. Yeah, he tries to he, hide in
3: the bushes <laughs> and Ruben's like,
2: Ed, what are you doing? Oh, yeah. you want me to be quiet? Blown up okay. Spot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> goes walking over to him and she's like you've got a big problem and kind of goes into that whole bit again yeah it starts
3: and like beats up her her fiance like hits him with his with the bag <laughs> because like, he's quiet.
2: like let's yeah. and she's like don't don't tell, tell me what to, what to do. do and he's like trying to grab her arm and she like smacks him with her purse and
3: then yeah, they, they, they get in the car and then ruben does the standoff where he's gonna flick the shoe at her and the yeah. window's not going up quick <laughs> enough she's like trying to grab it to pull it up and the shoe hits the window and then you kind of see uh, Reuben and Ed kind of do a little heart to heart, and mm-hmm. they're becoming friends. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then they they go back to they finally he finally drags them to the. You can meeting. kind of
2: finally fe- we'll see that uh, Ed is kind of getting over the whole seminar thing because uh, Reuben had put the the uh, the chant for the "I am an incredibly powerful salesperson" thing in his uh, oh, tape yeah. deck and stuff, and he starts playing it really loud when uh, the car turns on. Ed rips it out of the uh, player and like busts it up and uh, he says uh, you know the difference between <laughs> What does he say? The
0: difference between, the like difference a rich between man you
2: and- you and a rich man is that he has money and you don't and then Ed Yes. Yeah. you know the difference between me and a rich man and he has my your wife and I don't. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and if he was smart he'd ask himself why. <laughs> so and anyway.
1: that's this and that the moment where they both start kind of laughing with each other yeah. and bonding yeah. or whatever. And Oh they just abandon the car? Oh,
2: no no no. So he oh, and, they drive and then, it then he to goes, the, yes. I can't believe <clears throat> Ruben says, I can't believe you didn't get one person to that stupid seminar. Yeah, that <laughs> yeah, And then, it cuts then them Ed kinda looks him at, at him like, um we're fucking going, We're going. man. <laughs>
0: well, you're drags coming. Drags
2: him into the room. Yeah,
3: drags him in the room, and then you know he's like, raise your hand and all this. He stuff. He
2: interrupts the he's meeting. Like, yeah, shut by trying hand. to like get him to sit down. Yeah. You
3: know? And then Ed kind of figures out that this is a crock it's of a shit. Drift. Yeah, it's yeah. a grift, and he explodes. Gets Starts kicked out of, of uh, the meeting. Heckling
2: the guy, and he's like, yeah.
3: "You shut up." Yeah, he's like, he's like, don't worry, the car's fine. Got the car back. Everything's well, no, good. And
2: <laughs> another uh, big quote that we always use yeah. too is, "Nobody's making you stay here." And Raymond goes, "Good." Yeah. But <laughs> then <laughs> he, and, when and he, he like, focuses
1: on the PPR and yeah. he's he's looking at it sideways, and it resembles the markings in the cave that he saw. And that's when he stands Things up are, and he's I, like, I am the king of the Echo people. <laughs> and everyone's just like, what the And fuck? that was sort of like the last straw. They yeah. get kicked out, tears up his um, cardboard cutout on the way out. <laughs> yeah. And then they go, uh, they go off just wandering through town, right? Yeah,
3: I have a clip of this because the... the, the, the the head of the organization comes out and sees his car, and yeah. he's like,
1: Andy Warhol sucks a big one.
3: Yeah, and so he tries chasing him down the alley, and I have, uh-huh. this is like a weird ending of just Ruben and Ed wandering the streets talking, and this is kind of like the end of the
5: bonding film. and stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, Ruben, life's a funny thing. I, sometimes I just have to laugh at life. You know, really, it gives me a chuckle. <laughs> it's not a joke. I mean, uh, you know, life's damn serious when you think about it. Damn serious. <laughs> What the hell was that? Wreck. You see, that is exactly what I was talking about. Some poor guy is driving along, just minding his own business, and all of a sudden life just leaps up and smacks him right in the face. Hope that poor bugger was (laughs) insured. Look!
0: Damn it! If you bozos had any brains, you'd catch a son of a bitch that baited Andy Warhol sucks a big one on my car!
5: You know, Reuben, if you took a good look at yourself, you would have to admit you need a lot of help.
0: You're bald. At
5: least I'm doing something with my hair. Life! I, I, I'm not just sitting on my duff like some people I know. What you don't seem to realize, Reuben, is that I am a real go-getter. <laughs> there is no stopping this train, pal. No siree, Bob, I am on a collision course, a head-on collision course with the brick wall of success.
1: And that's the end of the movie. <clears throat> so I wonder if um, that cat, if like Ruben would adopt it, because it came out of uh, nowhere and kind of little alley cat. Yeah, he's like, oh, he I got a new
3: cat. And I, I like when they're talking in the alley. It's like the shadows, kind of like the mm-hmm. echo yeah, people like, shadows. And there's yeah,
1: oh, that's fun.
3: Maybe yeah. there's something there. But then
2: when he says the brick wall of success, the it, camera p- yeah, the camera pans, pans over, to the over to the brick wall. wall. And he's
3: like, think about it. <laughs> think about it. And then it goes straight to credits. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And also the 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 dude's line at the cops is the same line that uh, Ed, says, Ed said yeah. on the phone. Yeah, but so he's all like, angry. Oh, this is the guy. <laughs> this is totally the guy. He said <laughs> yeah. this to us over the phone. This is him. I didn't yeah. think about that. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. funny. Yeah. That's great. Li- I think it's literally the same line. It if is you exactly, bozos, yeah.
3: yeah. We're smart enough. He'd catch the guy he spray painted Andy Warhol's is a big one. Yeah. So I, I had a chance to sit down and talk to uh, Trent Harris, the director. I'm
2: very excited to hear this. Yeah, me this. too. Uh,
3: this is after a very long day of rehearsals, so I kind of stumble over my words yep. a little bit. But uh, <clears> it's about nine minutes, so we're going to play that. And uh, I'm really excited that we got to, got to talk to him. So yeah. uh, I hope our listeners are excited, too. Here it is. So, all right, folks, we're on the phone with uh, Mr. Trent Harris, who is the director of Ruben and Ed. How are you? I'm doing well. Great. Um, I, just a few questions. Thank you again for taking our call. We really appreciate this. this is the first time we actually, um, uh, we've been doing this for a couple of years. It's the first time we've actually reached out to a director about a movie that we're reviewing. Well, I'm honored. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, so just a, a few questions about Ruben and Ed. Um, I, I, I know you're, you wrote the film, correct? Wrote it and directed it. Wrote, and, wrote it and directed it. It, as far as the casting, you have you have great actors in this. You got Crispin Glover, uh, Crispin Glover, Crispin Glover, and um, you have uh, Howard Hesseman, right? Yep, and Karen Black and Karen Black. Did, were those like your first casting choices, or were there any other people that
4: were you were thinking about? Oh, I looked at so many people. Except for Crispin, was the first choice. Uh, I actually cast Peter Boyle first as the as Ed. But about 10 days into shooting, Peter had a stroke and we had to pull back and recast. And I mean, Peter ended up being okay, but he couldn't do the movie anymore right then. And he's the one that recommended Howard Hessman. And Howard turned out to be great.
3: Yeah, no, he's a a I couldn't see anybody else doing that. Peter Boyle's a great actor. (laughs) It would have been a very different film, I feel. (laughs) I think so. As far as, uh, I was doing some research for this, and I really couldn't, and, and you can answer the question if you want, is uh, is the budget for this film. I mean, it seems not a well, very big budget,
4: I'm guessing. Oh, it was tiny. It was a tiny budget. I would say, I think it was like a million and a half bucks, which would be about, probably about four million in today's dollars, something like that.
3: Does does, does Gosh, such it's a, been,
4: I think it's been thirty years now since I made that film. Yeah, ninety one. <laughs> yeah, it's been a while.
3: Time flies, right? <laughs> it, is there any like? Do, do, do you feel like working with a budget that small? Does it does it like waver? Does it does it stop any creativity at that point?
4: Well, in a weird way, it gives you more creativity because. Uh, w- with a budget that small, the studio just stays out of the way. They, don't, they can't be bothered with something that small, so they don't interfere in any way. It was a studio picture. I think Columbia Tristar put up the money, but since it wasn't any money, they, you know, not, not enough money for them to worry about. They really stayed out of it. So there's That part of it
3: left you off to do whatever you wanted.
4: Yeah, pretty much. And then, um, I mean, I've made movies for a lot less money too. So you know, I wish I had a million and a half bucks right now to make a movie. <laughs> yeah. Are you, are you working <laughs> on anything new or is it just kind of, uh... Oh yeah. You know, I make, I, I had to do a little uh, de- uh, resume thing the other day to give to a museum and I figured i have made over, over, 150 films now. Wow. I, yeah, I mean, a lot of them are short, a lot of them are documentaries. Some of them are, um, journalistic things, but I've, I've done like what have I done? Eight feature films. And a lot of experimental work I've been doing since I've been locked up with COVID. I've been doing these kind of collage films where I take found footage and make little movies out of those. And then I've been doing the thing that I'm most excited about is the kind of spinoff of Ruben and Ed called Echo People. And I've done um, two episodes of that. I'm, I'm almost finished with the final one, but I haven't been able to finish the last day of shooting because of this damn virus. Yeah, it definitely puts a stop on everything. It Seems like oh, you know, no one's making pain anything in the right butt.
3: now. <laughs> yeah, what a pain. <laughs> yeah, Florida's pretty much opened back up, kind of down here. But you know, we still have to wear our masks here and there. But it's uh, you know, our governor kind of tends to let us run amok. Well, good luck. <laughs> we, 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 yeah, we, when you were writing when you were writing this film, I mean, there's like there's so many famous lines. Like you know, my cat eat a whole watermelon. Uh, that, yeah, the that and. The Andy Warhol sucks a big one. I kind of have a question about that, right? So, you know, they, they, everybody they, does. Yeah, they, they they see the van in the desert. Andy Warhol sucks a big one. And then later on, you know, uh, Howard's car gets graffitied with that. How did you come up with that line? Was it just.
4: You know, I was walking uh, down the street trying to think of something and it just popped into my head. And the odd thing about it is that later I actually met Andy Warhol. I was at Madonna's wedding, of all places, and I went up to him and I said, uh, Mr. Warhol, I'd like to uh, put this line in my movie, Andy Warhol sucks a big one. And he looked at me and said, hmm, sounds very nice.
3: (laughs) My, uh, my my sister-in-law she she redid her house a couple years ago and and behind one of the drywalls, she wrote Andy Warhol sucks a big one so if anyone tears down the wall they will see it
4: <laughs> I mean I've seen it in bathrooms in um, Berlin I mean it's, it's all over the place now As far as coming up with the character of of
3: of of Reuben like how did you as far as writing it like was this something that you just you thought of and went, what a crazy idea of this uh, this concept. Or well, it's it... a,
4: it's a it's a combination of a lot of things. I had a friend named Merrill Melfa, uh, who was a bricklayer, and I went over to his house one day to have some have a beer, and we're sitting out on the porch. And I go in to to get a beer out of the refrigerator, and he's got a frozen cat in the freezer. And so, you know, I said, Meryl, what's going on? He says, oh, my cat died, and I haven't had a chance to bury him, so I put him in the freezer. Well, that kind of stuff sticks with you, you know? I remembered that. So that became uh, one of the muses, one of the inspirations for the script. Then I also um, studied a lot of the uh, real estate seminar tapes. I thought those were just funny as hell. So I, I did a lot of research on that. So, you know, it comes from a lot of different places,
3: when you were when you were filming this, it, what do you think was the biggest hurdle in making the film?
4: Well, uh, when Peter uh, had the stroke, it was it was difficult after that. see it's most of it's filmed in the desert, and there's only a window of opportunity for, because of the weather there. You don't want to go when it's a hundred degrees. So I had planned it out so that we could shoot it in, in uh, September. And then Peter had his, Peter got sick, so it put us back, and we were actually shooting clear into November, and there was actually snow on the ground, and it was freezing, and that was a big kind of dilemma, big problem, trying to make it look like it's people are you know dying of thirst in the desert when there's snow on the ground, but we pulled it off. <laughs> and
3: uh, I just have one more question for you. It- sure like what what is the major takeaway i mean from from this film like versus others like do you do you do people talk to you more about
4: this film than the beaver chronicles and all that stuff well not you know I, there's three films that people respond seem to respond to and one of them Reuben and Ed. the other is beaver trilogy is probably the one that gets around the most and then plan 10 from outer space you know the sci-fi epic i made about mormons is got a lot of legs. I was just uh, looking at you know recently played in Bucharest of all places. <laughs> wow. I know it gets around. So you know and then I, and my other films get out to a lesser degree, but it's probably those three that most people are familiar with <clears throat> most people are familiar with. Uh,
3: on your website, the uh, I'll go ahead and do this, the the echocave.net, I know that you can you can buy some of your movies. I actually uh, yeah. Ruben and Ed from you a couple of years ago for my wife. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I noticed that, you know, you, you, you had the stuffed cat for a while and, and, uh, one of the shoes, right. From, uh, from Ruben yeah. and, and and someone, someone actually purchased those.
4: Yeah. Yeah. I sold them to, um, basically that's how I, or not totally, but that's, uh, I use the money to, uh, finance this uh, echo people, which is the spinoff. I figured, well, that's a great way to do it. It's, get rid of the cat and the shoe and put that money into another film about the same subject.
3: Is there, are there any, uh, are you in the movie?
4: Uh, In Echo People? No, yeah, in in Ruben and Ed. Like, do you have any cameos Uh, in there? No, I don't, but everybody else does besides my mom, my sister, my brother, my nieces and nephews, (laughs) a lot of my friends. If, you know, anybody that you see of as an extra on the street, I'm probably related to Great!
3: I, I really appreciate you uh, sitting down with us. There's just a few questions while we're doing our cast, and uh, sure. uh, definitely everybody. EchoCave.net. If uh, you want to watch this movie, please buy it. Uh, director Trent Harris. Thank you so much, sir.
4: Okay. Thank you. See you later. You have a great day.
3: So that was really nice <clears throat> to That was fantastic. Yeah. yeah. Sorry about the pen clicking. I no, didn't it's fine. I, yeah, I think we <laughs> can get over this <laughs> thing when I'm clicking.
1: So well done.
3: Yeah, I thought it went well. Rough start to it, but you know, asking a few You've, questions. You found your footing. It takes a minute. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Excellent. That was, uh, wow.
3: That was fun. I really, yeah. And uh, again, thank you, Trent. Like really, Yeah, of really, course. Really, really thank, thank you nice. so much.
2: Thank you,
3: thank you. Um, you want to go ahead and do, you want to duck rate it? Why don't we, yeah, do you- why don't
1: we duck rate it and we will pass the honors of the duck bucket drawing over to uh, Miss Megan. Um, so firstly, uh, well, you know what, since you're, this is your special uh, moment uh, on the show how many ducks Hopefully are not you gonna the get first it. time
2: well this is an obvious five for me and five ducks of course it's a favorite
1: fantastic what about you fish i uh uh well that's a tough act to follow right there and i don't <laughs> want to insult uh, <laughs> no, our, our our guest or our other director uh no i i really enjoyed it uh, at first i was i wasn't sure how i felt about it felt kind of a little, a little quirky, but eventually it found its way into my heart, and I'd I say it's a fa- solid four ducks for me.
3: I'm going to yeah. agree with that. I'm going to go with a solid four, because I think it's, uh, the more you watch it, uh, you're going to catch, I think, yeah. more yeah. things, so I think I need to watch it a, a few more times. it's definitely one of
2: those uh, movies that is better watched with friends, not alone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because it just, again, like just with it being such a big part of my nostalgia, mm-hmm. childhood and stuff, just, uh, that's how it gained track for me. It's just the, the repetition and Creating the memories and quotes and stuff with my yeah. family, so.
1: and I like movies that don't always have everything that you get from it, like right on the surface. It takes a while for it to like dig into your soul a little bit, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, for lack of a better terminology, there that that and that grabs a hold of you and makes you appreciate it. Because I think right afterwards. Josh and I were in the garage, like, quoting it to each other and, and giggling. I was yeah, like, that, that is pretty funny. There's the an ass wipe up there. There's an ass wipe up there. That's my favorite. There's an ass wipe up there. <laughs> yep. All right.
3: All right. Megan's going to reach into the duck bucket and pull something out. Drum roll. Let us
2: see. Your handwriting sucks. Let me see it. Big Bully. That that oh, Big
3: Bully! Big Bully! Cool. bully. Wow, yeah, we talked a, about that like a yeah, long like time ago. <laughs> that's a great movie with uh, Rick Moranis and Tom Arnold. That's okay. a that's a fun one.
1: All right, all right, Fantastic. Cool.
3: Big Bully. That's uh, Big that's
1: a Bully. One. It is Big Bully. It is.
3: Well, we thank everybody out there mm-hmm. for l- tuning in, listening in, Spotify. Um, Zach, you want to do any? Yeah, I'll plug
1: up uh, do some uh, shopping there. Our usual stuff, little house, a little house cleaning. Thanks again to all of our patrons um, and to our producer, AJ Simmons. Thank you, big. Big, massive thank you to Trent Harris for coming on and, and doing the interview with us. Um, and I hope to see more from him. Uh, go to his website, at echocave.com. Buy a movie and, and give him some money to help him make more movies so that we can watch them. Um, <clears throat> I also want to thank... My train of thought for leaving my head right now. <laughs> uh, 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 you can check us out at uh, duckintheusher.com if you're not already. Listen to us on Spotify and uh, Apple Podcasts. You can find us on Instagram at duckintheusher, facebook.com slash duckintheusher, Twitter at duckintheusher, and as all uh, you can find me, Zach, on Zach'sploitation. Um, at Zaxploitation on TikTok where I do more than just talk about the movies on this show but I talk about a number of other things related to movies that I really like see you soon thank you and good night
2: thank you